morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. And just let me just stop for a moment. The baptisms from kids, students, all the way to adults, pretty amazing. Can we just give God one more praise? Man, that's awesome. We like to say at Life Church that we exist to see people experience life change through Jesus. And when you see people get water baptized, so if I see children, sometimes people go, well, they're just kids. Don't, don't underestimate the power of that. God spoke to Samuel when he was probably 8, 9, 10 years of age and to speak to him, that he would become the man of God, the prophet of God. He'd become the one that would anoint David king of Israel. That started there. Paul looks at Timothy and says, don't let anyone despise your youth, but be an example of word and deed and conversation. And so you don't know from these kids, these children, these young adults, however you want to classify them, students, whatever, youth, whatever the word is, I feel so old and outdated sometimes, um, that what God's doing in their life. It also tells me too, mom and dads, you're training them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord because that doesn't just happen. It happens because there's probably a great kids pastor, a youth pastor in their life, but there's a mom and dad a lot of times that are there. They're just saying, you know, there are, they're, being, they're, they're seeing an example. And then adults, man, I love like Mark's testimony and just talking about, you know, this is what Jesus has done. And I've been through some rough times, haven't we all? And, but by the grace of God. And so then God shows up and does that. And you just, one after the other, there are 64 people that are being baptized this weekend. And there were dozens of people. I don't even know the exact number off, off top. Uh, more than hands that I could count every single service last weekend, uh, getting, you know, giving their life to Christ. And, and we, we didn't even have the capacity to kind of help all those people for whatever reason to be able to get, to, for various reasons, uh, water baptized today. It's just awesome. So I just, just uh, man, what, what a way to start off the week after Easter. And, uh, and again, today we're going to get right into this series. And if you have your Bibles, don't you turn me to Mark chapter 11. Did Jesus really mean that? And we're going to talk in these, this series, these next several weeks, just about some things that Jesus said. Um, <laughs> and that will probably kind of step on all of our toes. And there are going to be some things we're going to talk about that you're going to go, oh, I had no clue he was going to go there. And there's going to be other times you're going to go, oh, that's pretty obvious. But I think there's a point of probably self-reflection, especially in today's message. I think this is one of the hardest things to do and to live as a Christian, not as a non-Christian. Many times I see non-Christians do better with this than Christ followers. I see many times people who are outside the church, if you would, do better than this than many of us sometimes inside the church. I don't know why that is, but I think it'll make sense in just a moment. I'm talking about forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. Mark's gospel, chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, that's anybody, right? You guys understand in the original Greek, that's everybody, right? Okay? Forgive them. Why? So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. If you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. I think forgiveness might be the most difficult request of a Christ follower. But when you think about forgiveness, it is the sole reason that Jesus came to this earth. Why is this so difficult for us? 
Why, what does this really mean? Does Jesus really mean that we must always forgive? Uh, does he really mean that our forgiveness from the Father is tethered to our forgiveness to one another? That's a big question. Again, I'm not God. I'm going to do my best to exegete scripture this morning and to serve up the bread of life hot and fresh, to build the believer and serve the seeker. But that is what it says. If you hold anything against anyone, you need to forgive them. Why? So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Stop right now before I kind of get into this and just ask yourself the question, is there any unforgiveness that I have against anyone? Are there any hard feelings? Let's say it multiple ways. Because sometimes we as adults, we like to say things that are not so deeply spiritual. I just have hard feelings. There's a rub against. Boy, it's quiet today, man. Um, you know, they, they kind of did me wrong. You know, hey, won't you play another somebody done somebody wrong song? Anyone? No? Right? I mean, come on. Take me back. Right? I mean, like, well... I'm not talking about somebody that cut you off in traffic that you'll never see again, that they gave you the Hawaiian hello, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not talking about someone that maybe you had an altercation with or spouted off and said something in the heat of a moment when you're out and about in some store and you're fighting over the same article of clothing or you're in a line or you're whatever, you're in queue to get something or somebody was in a bad mood at Starbucks getting their drink and they got your drink and it... You guys almost really went, <laughs> went at it because that's my chai latte. Thank you. Like, I'm not talking about, right? I'm, I'm talking like you got some stuff way down deep inside. And it just kind of, and we as Christians can spiritualize this. I'm just thinking right now. You know, like, you know how like we can like turn gossip into a prayer? I'm not talking about them, but we need to pray for them because dot, dot, dot. This is what I heard. I'm just telling you what I heard. Let's pray. Did you, did you hear? Right? I'm not one to go around spreading rumors. So you better listen close the first time. Right? I mean, like, it's like, hey, we, we do well, but, but you just don't understand. And if you understood, and, and maybe the Bible means more to this. And, and, you know, and I heard a pastor say, and I heard, and we bring all these people into our, just telling you what Jesus said. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So how do I do that and what does he mean by that? Three statements. Number one, ask God to forgive you. If you're taking notes, just write this down on forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you. It first begins with you. It first begins with you. You have not the ability to give to someone else that which you have not received. I cannot take you where I have not been. I cannot reproduce in you what I don't possess. If I've not received the love of the Father and the forgiveness of the Father, if I can't forgive myself, there is no way I have the ability to forgive you. Man, I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, it's a conditional statement, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, then he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Faithful and just. Faithful. He'll do it every single time. Just he has the ability to do it. He will forgive you of your sins. Period. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, what's going on. Some of you need to hear this today. Some of you will not get beyond point number one today because you don't have the ability to forgive yourself because you've done some things that if it was on that screen, you would be mortified. Can I be honest with you? We've all done stuff that if it was on that screen, we would be mortified. 
this is... This is, this, is, this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to keep you in the dark. He wants to keep you in shame. He wants to keep you bound up by the sins of your past. And you've asked God to forgive you, and he's faithful just to forgive you. If you'll confess it, he's faithful just to forgive you. But you've got to understand that this is all part of that process. So what does that mean, if I confess? Confess in the original language in the Greek means this, to speak the same thing. To speak the same thing. In other words, we have to recognize that our sin is, and we have to see it the same way God sees it. So how do we know how God sees our sin? And how do we know how God recognizes our sin in our life? Well, what is sin? Sin is disobedience to God's word. God tells us not to do something, and we do it. God tells us don't do something, or that we should do something, and we don't do it. These are the two sins that theologians tell us. There's a sin of commission and the sin of omission. They're both sinful. The sins of commission, I'm not supposed to do X, Y, and Z. The Bible says don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I don't want to fill in that blank because, again, sometimes I think on Sundays, on Christians, we kind of have our sugar stick sermons about, certain sins that we go, well, these people are all wrong. That's right. I don't deal with that. But the truth of the matter is, is anything that's disobedient to God's word, anything that doesn't align with God's word, where God says, you should not do X, Y, and Z. If you do those things, that is sin. Gluttony. Let's just talk about that for a minute, right? No? (laughs) Go to another sin? You know, I mean, the laziness, it's a sin. I mean, you just go through scripture. These are sins. We don't talk, we don't preach a lot about them. I don't like preaching about gluttony because, y'all, I tore into like a whole thing of peeps this morning with my coffee. Can I just tell you? <laughs> wow. My deep, dark secrets. I'm keeping frozen Cadbury eggs in the freezer as we speak. I mean, I could have gone into a diabetic coma this morning. I've had so much sugar and caffeine. This is not the anointing. That's just peeps and caffeine. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but we don't talk about that. Why? Because, well, it just, it sounds like, well, that's okay. You can get into heaven for that. But the Bible says it's a sin. And so, again, we can go all down the laundry list of sins. And if we, even if we exhaust it on there, probably one that we would forget. It's disobedience to God's word. The sins of commission, the sins of omission. God tells me I should love my neighbor as I love myself, and I don't. I should take care of the widow and the orphan, and I don't. I should show kindness and compassion to people in my world, and I don't. I should forgive people, and I don't. I didn't do anything. But if I don't do some things that I'm supposed to do, that's sin as well. So there's actions that I should not have done, and there's actions that I should have done. But I want to go back to this word confess. Confess means to speak the same thing. It doesn't matter what you call sin. You don't get editorial privilege. I don't get editorial privilege. What does God's word say about it? That's it. I lean so heavily on God's word that if it were to move, I would fall. And if my life, when I align it unto God's word, falls short in any particular area... I've sinned. In that moment, I need to confess that. God, you asked me to do X, Y, and Z, and I didn't. God, you told me not to do X, Y, and Z, and I did what you told me not to do. Please forgive me. If I'll do that, then he is faithful every single time, and he is just. He has the ability to deliver on it. Forgiveness in my life, period. There is no ending. And people say sometimes there's this phrase, 
when you really kind of get into Scripture a bit, this unpardonable sin, this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Oh, have I sinned so much that I've done that? Look, if you're asking that question, you're fine. <laughs> you're totally fine. Because that is a seared conscience to the point of you just don't care anymore about anything or any. You would never even come into your subconscious, or even into your mind, to even say, have I grieved God in that way? Have I gone too far? Sin is not a system where it's, it's addition or multiplication where we just add, 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 and it gets to a certain weight. That's just too much, and the, and the cross can't carry that. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. You can come to God at any time, at any day, at any hour. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse your moral righteousness. I love what Job says in Job 34, verse, chapter 34, verse 32. Teach me what I cannot see, and if I have done wrong, I will not do so again. Bless it good. Second statement about forgiveness is forgive everyone often. First, I forgive, ask God to forgive me. Secondly, I forgive everyone often. Let's go back to Mark eleven twenty five, 25, what Jesus said. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So who do you forgive? You forgive your friends that wrong you? Because if, if you have friends, <laughs> this happens. It's not like the TV show where everybody's always great and it always you know, wraps up in 30 minutes and golly gee whiz, Wally, we make 20 grand a year and we live in a $2 million apartment on the Upper East Side. It, it's not like that. It, it's, the, the truth of the matter is, is that friendships and people, it's difficult. People change. Things happen. People can sour on stuff. There are people that you used to be friends with that you're not friends with, and you cannot control them. All you can control is you. But if they've wronged you, even if what they've done is wrong, you've got to, as a Christ follower, forgive them. Now, that doesn't mean that you continue to repeat the same pattern. That doesn't mean that you should, not, you, you should have healthy boundaries, and, you, and you, you should have some things that go, I'm probably not going to put myself in that position again. But, but, but the deal, the truth of the matter is, is that there are friends that you have to forgive. There are relationships that go sour. There are relationships that go wrong. There are times that things don't go the way anybody, whether anybody intends them to or not, there's just infractions that happen. It's people. People who have intentionally wronged you. There are people in business, uh, in competitive uh, sports, and, 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 and just in life, and just whatever. And may, maybe it's fellow colleagues or students or people. You're all competing with something. And all of a sudden, what happens is, is, is they've wronged you. They, they, they sold you out. They, 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 they pushed you down in order to get themselves up. And, and, and it hurt you. It cost you. It, we forgive them. Enemies. People that you don't even like. Let's just go there, right? People you don't like, people who are just, they're like mean as a junkyard dog. They are the devil and the devil is bad. They are everything. You forgive them, Jesus says. You pray for your enemies is what Jesus says. Luke chapter 6, verse 27, 28, Jesus says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. That's in the Bible, isn't it? Do good to those who hate you. Don't return hate for hate. I'm going to get to the politics in a minute. Woo, girl, we're going there. All I'm telling you. <laughs> bless those who curse you. Don't bless those who bless you. That's easy. That's, that's like lowering the rim, right? 
Bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. People that want bad for you, how do you handle them? You bless them and you pray for them. Now, that's way easier preached than it's done, right? We all have people. Right now, you're thinking of people right now. You know, you know who you are. <laughs> I, I was at a place, and it was an anniversary for a pastor and his wife. And uh, he got up, and, and it was the entire congregation. I was there. I was like, this, this is epic. I wish I had this on video. And he was very eloquent, very kind. Thank you. You're wonderful, blah, 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 all this. And then uh, when the board member said uh, to, the, to the pastor's wife, would you like to say something? She said, yeah, I'd be honored to. She's very quiet, typically didn't say anything. And she said, I, I just want to say thank you. You're a wonderful church, wonderful congregation. Raise our family here, da, 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 da. And most of you, and when she said most, I was like, oh, girl, it is on like Donkey Kong. Most of you have been good. But some of y'all, and you know who you are, <sighs> you know who you This is her moment, man. You know who you are. You know what you've said, and that's okay. I've given it to the Lord, but I've turned you over. Okay, anyhow, I'm just like, wow. I was like, I was texting Tammy going, you, you missed it. You should have come with me on this trip. It was worth the price of mission. She said, I don't have any ought with you, but the Lord will deal with you as he needs to. Amen, thank you. And then she walks off. I was like, go, girl. Anyhow, we all have people who have done wrong to us who have intentionally tried to malign us, our family, our, our kids, our, 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 our it, just, it just, these are enemies. And, and when he says, forgive everyone often, you have friendships that go awry. You have people that wrong you in, in, in what you do and how you live life and everything. This happens in ministry. This is just people. This is not right or wrong. This is just reality. It's in businesses. It's just in life. But you have enemies. You have people that try to destroy you, try to do harm to you, try to, try to really take you out, character assassination. And how do you, you bless those and you pray for those. Who are your enemies? Maybe it's a contentious coworker that just never makes your life any better. Maybe it's people that were your friends, you thought they were your friends and they left and they're whatever. Maybe it's fans of another team. This is one thing I've learned about Wisconsin. Like, football is serious here. Like, I tell every guest speaker, do not joke about the Packers. Don't joke about the Bucks. Don't joke about the Brewers. Badgers, maybe, but do not. And I'm just telling you, people will get up and leave. I will never forget one of my first Sundays, my first falls here, a lady in the church. She's gone to be with the Lord, God rest her soul. And she was wearing like a Reggie White jersey, and she was just like, we're going to be done at noon. Aren't we, Pastor? I said, yes, ma'am, we should be. She said, there's no should to it. We will be done at noon. Yes, ma'am. I mean, she was serious. Like, I just knew, like, okay, all right, I got this. Like, sometimes fans of the other team, opposing political parties. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to take a sip of my tea right now. <laughs> Spilling the tea. It's not none of my business. You know what I'm talking about? Why is it that your opinion is right and someone else is wrong? And I'm not doing this for, for, for light, okay? But why is that? Why is, it, why, why is it that that's how that is? 
well, I just think that, that they're ungodly, and how can they be Christians? But then who said that everybody comes to church as a Christian? Right? Didn't we say that this should be a place where people who are lost without Jesus should be able to come? That's the reason why, well, that's the reason why 64 people are getting baptized, because they gave their life to Christ. Arguably, in, reasonably, in the last several years, whether they're raised in church or whether they came into church. So there should be people of all different ideologies. Now, we, we, we're under one banner, and that's Jesus, right? We're, we're, this, is not, this is not a partisan conversation or a bipartisan conversation or a tripartisan conversation or however how you want to say partisan. It, it, this is not about, it's, it's about, but sometimes we allow these things to divide us. And what's interesting is the same thing happened in the first century. This isn't new. If you look at the motley crew that Jesus called the disciples, Simon the Zealot, he's a zealot. He's an insurrectionist. He is looking for the overthrow of the present Roman government at the time. And Jesus says, why don't you come and follow me and I'll make you. And then he goes to Matthew, who's a tax collector, who works for the Roman government. He's an IRS agent. He is absolutely fleecing his own people, the Jews, for the benefit of the occupying government, Rome. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, why don't you come and follow me and I'll make you. And he puts all of these guys together. You want to talk, I promise you, the Bible says that the world cannot hold all that Jesus said and did while he was here on this earth. There are, there are conversations that those disciples had. I, these are grown men, but I promise you, at some point in time, as, as volatile as Peter was, you know that stuff went, to, I will knock you in the next week. Oh, yeah, bring it on. You know, if there's all between me and you is air and opportunity, you feeling froggy, Peter, just jump. That's happening. Because he's bringing all of these people together. And James and John, the two young brothers who are the sons of thunder, because they were fighters, they were brawlers. This is what they were fishermen. They, 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 they did all of this. Heaven's applauding right now because what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's all going, and, all the, and, and that's and bringing them all in. And, and they kept saying, hey, we're going to sit on your right and your left. When, when you establish your kingdom, they kept thinking. And Jesus kept telling them, no, my kingdom is not of this world. You don't understand. Even James and John's mom comes and gets involved in the conversation because she thought Jesus was going to overthrow Pilate and the Roman government. This whole politicalization of, of religion is, is not a new 21st century. It's not an American issue. It is just, but it's human will and volition. It's we all have our thoughts and our ideas and our, and if we're not careful, we make enemies out of people who don't vote the same way we do don't see it the same way we do. Man, it's quiet in here. What are you doing to turn your enemies into neighbors? That's a question I have. The reason why the Bible tells us to bless and to pray for people that are our enemies, quote unquote, is because it's hard for me to wish for the downfall of somebody that I'm earnestly praying for. It's hard for me to wish bad upon someone I'm praying blessing upon. Because I'm actually going, I hope that my prayers don't work. And, 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 and basically my spiritual vitality has no, it has no strength. When the truth of the matter is, if I pray for people who are my enemies, two things happen. Number one, the junk that can stick to your heart makes your heart Teflon so that it's no stick. So that when the enemy tries to stick that stuff to your heart, because out of the heart flows issues of life. 
When something comes out of your mouth, it's not because it came in your head. It's because it registered in your heart. It's just from out of here comes all the decisions that we make in life. The Bible says it's very clear. We see it, it registers in our mind, and then, and then it takes up residency in our heart. And when it takes up residency in my heart, the only person that can do the work of cleaning my heart is the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when I pray for people, it releases that. And it's hard for me. It doesn't allow it to take up residency. Oh, I may have thoughts, but they don't take up residency. So you know the Bible says capture every thought, bring it into captivity, every thought. Because again, I don't want unforgiveness in my heart. Why? Because the Bible is very clear. If I cannot forgive those others who have wronged me, then the Father may not be able to forgive me of my sins. <laughs> Let's go back to, I don't want everybody to see all the crazy in my mind on the screen. I don't want you to know everything I've ever done wrong. Third statement, final statement, is choose to forgive in advance. This is one of the most proactive pieces of information I can give you as a Christ follower that will help you today. Choose to forgive in advance. Forgiveness is an act of will, not an act of emotion. Forgiveness is an act of will, not an act of emotion. Forgive often, forgive completely, because that's how God forgives you. If you decide now you are going to be a person that's going to keep very short accounts, you are going to be a person that's going to forgive often and, and forgive completely, then this stuff doesn't stick to you. It doesn't have the ability to stick to you. See, I, I, again, I'm, I'm living life just like you are. I think sometimes, sometimes I see some of you outside of church. It's kind of like when you see your second grade teacher in the grocery store, like, oh, like, wow. I don't live in the church somewhere, right? I don't just come out on Sundays. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> there are so many funny stories. Anyhow, so a lot of my relationships are pastor buddies that I have all because of where I went to college and university, and whatever, and different things. I, I know people. I get. I know people like all over the world. I, I can run into people like. Uh, that I, I can run into people in airports in, in Bangkok or in, in Heathrow in London. I mean, I just, I run into people because I just know a lot of people and it just continues as I'm just one of those people that I, hey, how are you? I'm Aaron. What's your name? I want to meet you. Da, 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 da. And so with, when you do that, you have friendships and, and people are people and things happen. And uh, I had a situation where I had a friend and I have a lot of friends. I had a friend who really just, got crossways with me and thought I should have handled something in a particular way and I didn't handle it in that way. And I've realized really quickly that their language of relationship was transactional. It wasn't relational. Transactional is you do for me, I'll do for you. It's very quid pro quo. Relational is, man, I'm your friend and I'm your friend, period. I'm your friend whether you're at the mountaintop or you're in the valley. You can call, I'm your friend if you've got to call me in the middle of the night to get you out of jail. I'm your friend. And I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to be with you, and I'm a brother. Transactional is if it's within my realm of convenience, if it works for me, if it benefits me, blah, 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 blah. And it became very clear to me this was a very transactional relationship. And it was somewhat hurtful. But I knew that if I don't deal with this and get in front of this, this is going to fester. So I immediately go to this individual. I'm Immediately. And even though I didn't feel like I did anything wrong, I immediately went to them and just said, hey, um, this happened, and I just want to say I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry that I offended you. I'm sorry that I angered you. I'm sorry that I, I just owned all of it. It wasn't like, I did this, but you shouldn't have said that. And you, no, no, no. You know, I hate those apologies where, you know, uh, like it's very backhanded. You know, I'm sorry that you're not smart enough to figure that out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't. Sorry that you have such frazzled snowflake feelings, but, you know, whatever. I'm sorry that I hurt you. Just like, you know, you shouldn't have knocked that person next week, right? Not that we condone violence, but I'm just saying how you feel. So anyhow, I just knew at the end of the day, I just got to just... I got to make sure because if not, this will stick to me and it will, it, it, it could fester with other relationships, other connections that I have, other people that I have. And so I did. And they didn't receive it. They looked at me and just said, nope. Guess what? That's not on me. That's on them. Because I did what I can do. I cannot control you. I barely can control me. Right? <laughs> I, only, I have... I only can, I only do a really, I, I can, I, 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 I just, it's me. And so I, I can't, and so I just got it, but I, man, I'm sorry. And, and they wanted to unpack it. And I said, look, there, there's nothing to unpack. I don't want to unpack this. Just let me own it. It's my bad. My bad. I, I did this. And they wouldn't let it go. So what I had to do was create healthy boundaries, relational distance, and then I would have other friends that would find out, like, hey, what's up and what's, and nothing. And I just had to keep it because, I, again, I didn't want to, like, well, man, you know, here's what happened. You know, I was lily white on the situation, and he, he's messed up. He's got issues. Don't we all know that? No, because all I'm doing now is just stirring strife up and divisiveness up. No. No, bro, everything's good because it was good with me. So if there's an issue, it's not with me. It's not going to take up residency here. You know why? It wasn't just for the benefit of that individual. It's the benefit of my own soul. This is what he's saying here. I'm going to choose that if there is a scrap that we have, I'm going to own it. I'm just going to own it. I'm not perfect at, at all. And I, when I preach a message like this, I hate because sometimes the pastor feels like, oh, he always does it right. No, no, I've done this wrong so many times. This is the one time that I was like, no, I, I this, this was. And what was interesting as time went on, this thing had become, it, 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 it just, it, all the power left it. And it had not the ability to attach to my heart or anyone else's, and it went on. And, and I'm, I'm thankful to say that I have a good relationship with that other individual now. Is it what it was? No. But is it bad? No. Is there, it, is there an ick there? No, I, wouldn't, I was not going to let it be there. It takes two people to fight. I was not going to do that. We, we have to remember that people are going to wrong us. We're going to have times, and there are going to be good people that are going to do wrong things, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. This is going to happen. So we have to make up our, make up our mind. Am I going to forgive people, or am I going to keep lists and accounts? Am I going to be transactional in my relationships? You did this to me, I'm going to do that to you. You did this to me, I'm done with you. I end with this, Romans 5, verse 8 and verse 10 and 11 says, But God shows us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, that's when Christ died for us. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through whom our Lord Jesus Christ, we have now received reconciliation. 
Paul saying, don't forget where you come from. Don't forget that while you were yet a sinner, that's when Christ died for you. Don't forget that you sinned and fell short of the glory of God. And there's none of us that are righteous. No, not one. And that God forgave us. And through his death, we have life. We celebrated that last weekend at Easter. 64 people will celebrate that today in water baptism. We have reconciliation between us and the Lord because of his forgiveness for us. He doesn't hold our sins and our grievances against him. He doesn't hold that against us. Neither should we hold that against anyone else. And here's the interesting thing. If you find this, please email me, Aaron at lifechurchwi.com. There is no buts, exceptions, parenthetical thoughts or phrases when it comes to forgiveness. It's all or nothing. There's no exceptions. Because the truth of the matter is, if you don't forgive other people, it doesn't destroy them, it destroys you. It's your heart that it destroys, not theirs. It's your life that it destroys, not theirs. It's your head that they're taking up space in, not theirs. So when you're standing praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Why? So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Do you hold anything against anyone today? Are you willing to forgive them? That's the question. So here's how we're going to end today. I'm going to pray. And you don't need to tell me anything. I'm not your high priest. His name is Jesus. In Hebrews chapter Hebrews says that we can boldly go to the throne of grace and obtain mercy at any day, at any time, that we have a great high priest, Jesus, who's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, which means he gets it. He gets you. And so today, I'm going to pray. The worship team's going to come out. They're going to do one last song. And here's how I want to end today. You, as that pastor's wife said that one time, you know who you are. You know. You don't need me or anybody else to put names on a screen for you. You don't need me or anybody else to point it out. You know. If there's unforgiveness in your life between you and the Father, there's sin that you've committed or things that you know you should be doing that you're not doing, take this time to say, Lord, forgive me. It's that simple. You don't have to tell anyone else. Just right in your seat right where you are. Turn your seat into an altar. You have people that you have hard feelings against, an issue with, unforgiveness. Just call it for what it is. You won't release them. That's holding you captive. And the Bible's very clear that we should not be beholden to anyone else except for Jesus. That's it. Our allegiance is not to a church. Our allegiance is not to a pastor. Our allegiance is not to a person. Our allegiance is to Jesus, period. But what you're doing is, is you're holding yourself captive to that. So where you are right now, in just a couple minutes, I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand. I'm not going to ask you to walk to the front. 
I'm just going to ask you right where you are to say, God, forgive me and name the person. Name the situation. However you want to categorize it. Lord, I forgive Lisa. Lord, I forgive Steve. Lord, I forgive. Let not my heart be filled with any resentment. Let my heart be clean and right before you. Protect my heart. Let me say this. If you have deep hurt, it may take more than one time of doing this. And every time those thoughts come up, God, I give them to you. I call them by name. Even if it's under my breath, if I'm driving down the road, if I'm walking down the hallway, whatever, I give them to you. I, I give them to you. Let that not take up residency in my heart in Jesus' name. There's no unforgiveness. There's, there's, there, there is no unforgiveness in my heart. Boom. It, you may have to do that 20 times a day at the beginning. But what happens, it, it diminishes over time because the enemy realizes he, there's no foothold there. There's no, there. There's no place there. Do you hold anything against anyone? Are you willing to forgive them today? Father, I just thank you for your word. And Jesus, you indeed said this. And you meant it. Because this is what, this is what destroys us if we're not careful. So on this Sunday, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, do the work in our lives. And help us today in these next few moments to release any unforgiveness that we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.